Welcome to Widow Too Soon. This is Michelle Bader, and I'm sitting here with my friend and co-host, Mark Massaro. How are you doing, Mark? I am doing excellent, Michelle. How are you? I'm good. How is Tennessee treating you? Tennessee is amazing. Um, it is so beautiful. We had a huge snowstorm. Oh. Uh, well, huge for me, from being from Southern California. Yeah. I don't know if the locals would consider it huge, but... It was like, I think we got like four to six inches of snow nice. within like, you know, 12 hour period. So um, that was awesome. It's gone. That was yesterday and it's gone today. Um, so well, I guess that's... that's pretty normal for Tennessee. Wait, that's crazy because yesterday it snowed in Louisiana and oh, uh -huh. during the day and then it melted at night. I mean, not that oh, you're really? close. I mean, you're relatively close, but they had like yeah, a cold, weird cold close. front too. And it like got down and snowed and then it got back up to the seventies. Is that kind of like what it was like for you? So it was, it was interesting. Cause it was, I think we had a high of 80 the day oh, before it wow. was pretty warm the day before. Then yesterday, our high was 34 degrees. Oh my gosh. It's crazy. And it was snowed and it was really cold, but it was weird. It's not cold. Like I'm, you know, from where I was from in California, like Elsinore, it was like a high desert. So right. when it was cold, it felt like bone chilling cold, but for some reason, the cold here, it was just so fresh and it just, I mean, I just had like a hoodie on when I was outside, nice. I was working in my garage trying to set up. And um, so anyways, yeah, it was like, oh, this is like nice. It feels like fresh and, you know, so fresh and I, so clean, so fresh and so clean, clean. <laughs> it was in my head. I had to. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, oh, that's awesome. <laughs> Nobody's as dope as me. I feel so fresh <laughs> and so clean. Is that the word? Um, <laughs> so, uh, I love it here. Oh. My kids are in school. They got to go on, um, they each got to go on a field trip down nice. to the high school Aww. and the high school put on a play for them. Um, Stuart Little. Oh, I love that. So cute. It was, I can't even tell you how big of a blessing it's been for me. Cause I was trying to homeschool my kids. That's hard. Um, <laughs> it was really hard for me. It was really hard. And I just, I felt like I was failing them all the time. And oh. I try, I was trying my best, but like, it just seemed like there was always something that they were that I, I just felt like I wasn't able to push them. And it was also interesting because like they weren't able to separate the border or the boundary from daddy and teacher. Right. Yeah. You know, they were constantly asking me, can we take a break? Can mm -hmm. we have something to eat? Can we have a snack? Can we have for a snack? You know, and it was like, it, it was just, I just, I don't yeah. know how to say it other than I just felt like I was failing them. Hmm. And um, that was a big motivation for me moving here. Um, because, you know, I won't get into the specifics too much, but like, I didn't want my kids to go to school in California with the way everything is. Right. And I'll just leave it at that. But, um, here it has just been incredible. Their teachers are great. They love us already. Mm. Um, they were so excited to meet us every day. I pick up my kids, they come running to the car and they just are both talking over each other trying to tell me about how great their day at school was and then we're I'm just I'm finally getting to be dad for the first time oh, in so awesome. years and it's I, I, I you know, I'll just be honest I'm I'm almost in tears every day I pick them up from school because it has been such such a blessing to move here and I'm so glad that I listened to God's calling on our mm -hmm. life because it was scary. It was scary to sell my house that I right. absolutely loved and to move across the country away from pretty much everybody I know. Um, but gosh, I just felt so strongly like this was the call. And I am so happy that I mm. did. It has just been, oh my gosh, it has been such a burden off of me, not only moving away from that house. Right but my giving, being able to give my kids a normal life. And now we, I pick them up and we go to the park and we, oh. there's lots of kids there and they're playing. And it, it's just, I feel like normal for the first oh, time. And so happy. since Lacey got diagnosed in 2019, this is the first wow. time that my life feels normal. And it, I can't even tell you what a joy I feel in my heart right now. And, mm. um, you know, of course there's a part of you that like, you know, always wishes that things were different, but we can't right. do that. Exactly. We can't do that. We can't wish things were different because they're not. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you do the best you can with what you got. And that's sort of the way to be optimistic about anything in life is you do the best with what you have. 
right. and um and strive for more you know but mm-hmm. like so I was striving to find joy in life again and even though I'm a really happy person and I'm pretty joyful in general there was a deep part of my soul that was hurting that I don't share with people that I don't mm-hmm. show to people and it just feels like it's and I want to say magically, but I know it's God, but like, totally. it's just magically gone. Mm, I love this it. huge, like weight on my shoulders of like, I am screwing up my kids' lives and I'm trying oh. my best, but I'm just not able to push them the way that they need to be pushed. I'm not a teacher. I didn't do well in school. I don't know how school is supposed to be structured. Right. There's just so many things that I was just trying my best. And now it's like the principal came up to me the first day of school and she, you know, the, the lady at the front desk messaged her and said, Hey, the Masaros are here. The, that family you wanted to meet. Oh, wow. And she just comes running out from the office and shakes my hand with a huge smile. And she's like, we are so happy. You guys are here. I was so excited to meet you guys. I just want you to know your babies are in good hands. We're going to take care of them and we're going to give them anything and everything mm-hmm. they need. We have, and she kind of like lowered her voice to just be talking to me. She's like, we have grief counseling. Mm. We wanted, you know, anything your kids need, like we are here for you. Wow. And I was just like, oh my gosh. Like I was, I'm not even joking. I was like crying. I was like, thank oh. you. <laughs> so oh, yeah, so to answer sweet. your question, this has been like wow. the biggest joy I've felt in a long time. And it's, you know, there's a part of me that feels like um, this is, you know, God, God taking my boat to the other side. And I feel like Mm. I hit shore for a couple of weeks leading up to this move. I was like, I can see land in sight. And now I feel like my boat hit the shore and like, God's like restoring my life. Oh, I love it. Yeah. So sorry, long answer to a short question, but I love it. I love it. That's so amazing. He is a God of restoration and it's something you can't really explain. And if you're not there yet, listeners, like, hold on. God Mm -hmm. can restore what was broken, like your broken heart and make it better. Like it's a crazy feeling like, whoa, how am I so joyful? How am I able to find joy in life? It's God. It's completely God. It's like the peace that passes all understanding. And I want to go back to talking about the school because listeners could probably relate to this. So did you, and I I think from what you said, you did, did you let the school know your situation that, you know, their, their mom had passed away and I had to, because I think it's good. There were things on the forms that, you know, mom was supposed to fill out too. And um, it was kind of interesting because the teacher, the lady at the front desk, um, real sweet lady, she said, Hey, so do you have like, I know you have the kids primarily yourself. You have custody or whatever. She's like, uh-huh. is there any like documentation to support it though? <laughs> and I was like, you mean like a death certificate? She's like, oh, oh, oh no, 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 no. We don't need any. We don't need like it for that. that. No, I, I got you. I got you. I, I'm sorry. I, I misunderstood. Uh, I thought it was some kind of like, you know, your, your, yeah. your spouse like went away mm-hmm. on, you know, like got in trouble or something like that. Wasn't right. have, and she's like, no, I don't need anything then. And I was like, oh, okay. And so, yeah, they did, they did find out, um, pretty early on. Yeah, no, it honestly, that's be sensitive to the kids when there's like mother's day projects or, you know, whatever. Yeah. And they have been, um, extra loving to, you know, it was interesting. I heard, um, I was at, I was at the park with the kids, uh, the other day and, um, a, a group of like older kids came up, you know, like they were probably, you know, maybe mid teens, something mm-hmm. 15, 16, something like that. And uh, Alexis went up and started talking to the girl, mm-hmm. of course, you know? Yes. And so the girl, it was funny because they were like, they came up all cussing and, oh, you know, wow. they were just being loud and obnoxious and kind of pushing each other and, you know, running up the playground, like super fast and, you know, whatever they were being older kids. I did the same stuff when I was there. Yeah. You know? So I was just trying to like, just be careful of the kids guys, you know, yeah. like they're little, you know? But um, when Alexis went up and talked to the girl, all of a sudden she got like super sweet. The girl that was like cussing a minute ago, she just became like this total like big sister to Alexis and was letting her tell all of her stories. And they were kind of far, they were probably 50 yards away from me. So I couldn't hear what they were talking about, but I could tell from the body language that the girl was being really nice to Alexis. (laughs) So 
one of the boys went over there and was talking with them for a minute. And then he jumped off that little playground thing that Alexis was talking to the girl on. And he ran up to the other playground. He's all, dude, that little girl just said her mom died of cancer. He's like, dude, I feel so bad for her. And I'm like, oh, like, you know, but but like they didn't know who I was. I was just another parent around the park. So they didn't know that the one who could hear them was the one who lost his wife. So later on after we, you know, after we were, we had to leave and go home and eat dinner and. I went up to the girl and I just said, Hey, like, thanks for talking to her and being so nice to her. And she was like, Mm. Oh, she's so sweet. And I don't know. It was just kind of a cool experience, you know, that, Mm -hmm. but it was kind of interesting just hearing the kid run up and tell his friends, like, and it just kind of made me realize like, yeah, wow, this is a pretty crazy thing that happened to us. You know, it's pretty unique. And us, you and I being so involved with widows and widowers, it we we realize how many there are out there but yeah. we're, we're, when we're in like the normal world so to speak we kind yeah. of remember how like rare it is right what the what happened to us you know exactly so anyway it's just kind of interesting side note there I don't know the point of it no that is interesting <laughs> something that, that happened that does not surprise me about Alexis I love how she can talk to anybody and everybody and she just says how it is and she's a light like She's such a light. Like God is going to do big things through that beautiful little girl. Like I just know it. Like I agree that, you know, she just shines and just seems to be such a reflection of Lacey Mm -hmm. and like what, like an amazing thing that God is letting like Lacey's legacy live on through your kids yes. specifically right now with, you know, uh, how old Alexis is and stuff. It's right. like right now you can see it in her. I know you'll see it in Luke too, as he gets older. Um, but it's just such a beautiful thing. Just, you can see it all over her face. Like God has given her, um, indescribable peace and he's yes. given her a gift of like being able to just talk to anybody. Like most kids her age are like afraid to talk to older kids and like, all of that. And she's not. And so I'm excited to see what God does, um, in her life and Luke's life. And just me too, Michelle. It's yeah. I, I, I know. And not just cause they're my kids, but she is a very unique and special oh, very. little girl. And I know I'll see that more in Luke as he gets older too. I mean, yes. don't get me wrong. He's, he's a brilliant and yes. sharp little <laughs> kid. He's very smart and very polite and loving. Um, but you know, he's a little more shy and Alexis, you know, but she was shy at that age too, a little bit, but she Mm. just blossomed into this, wants to talk to anybody. You know, it's funny with Luke is his first day of school, the kindergarten teacher, or not the first day of school, the first day where they said, yes, they're enrolled. They start tomorrow. Yeah. Um, So we went down there to meet the teachers and the kindergarten teacher came in and she's like, hi, Luke. I won't say her name just for privacy, but I miss so-and-so. And um, he's all, hi, how old are you? Oh my gosh, of course <laughs> like, all, he would say hey. that. I'm all, you don't ask ladies that. <laughs> like, you know, but he, just, he just asks everybody that. He's like, he's like how yeah. old are you? <laughs> That's <laughs> awesome. But yeah, they're, they're, such uh, they're friendly, beautiful. amazing kids. They're so unique. Mm-hmm. Like they're so unique. Alexis is just such a loving soul. And yeah, you're right. It it's like I minus the like you know companionship and the actual person right. of Lacey I still feel like Lacey is with me because mm. of all the things I see in Alexis I woke up this morning uh at like 6 a.m and then I was super tired and I was like you know what I'm gonna go back to sleep I'm, I usually get up but I was like I'm gonna go back to sleep so I woke up and Alexis had gotten up mm. and when I come downstairs she had made me a cup of coffee. Oh, sweet. She girl. made a fruit salad for her, herself, and me. I mean, her brother, herself, wow. and me. And she's like, is it, she always asked me, Daddy, you've been working so hard. Can you take a break and can we play spa? You can be the customer. Oh, my goodness. And they she's like, so adorable. they want to like give me massages. <laughs> like, I love it. Which, which is like her like walking on my back, which is incredible. <laughs> And then Luke will like punch my feet. <laughs> like this is like that's their idea of like what helps so daddy cute. relax. But I just let him do it. But um, yeah. So, anyways, um, mm. I, I feel like I get to see Lacey's heart. Yeah. Um, every day, and it's that's awesome. I love it. I love it so much. The she she trained her to be that way. She trained yeah. her to talk to people, 
You'd go into the grocery store and she's like, ask her how her day is. Ask her what she likes. Like she taught her how to like that. It's you're supposed to talk to people and you're supposed to interact with people. And Uh um, yeah, it's really cool. So anyways, sorry. No, don't be sorry. And even how she looks, you know, from what I've Mm -hmm. seen from pictures, don't you feel like she, does she starting to look more and more like her as she gets older? There are a lot of, so there's a lot of um, me that I can see in her. So like if I look at Lacey's like pictures from that age, um, there's resemblance, but it's not as, um, it's not as like, whoa, she's like a spinning image. Like you see some people with their kids, you know, yeah. um, but there's certain, certain times when she looks a certain yeah. way and I'm like, oh my gosh, uh-huh. you look exactly like mommy, like certain yeah. facial expressions, yes, things like that, that where I'm kids. just like, uh-huh. oh my gosh, you are like a mini version of your mommy Mm -hmm. and uh I love it I love that so much Mm -hmm. but um I I wish she looked totally like Lacey Mm because you know what I mean I mean don't get me wrong Alexis is a very beautiful girl but Lacey was stunning and you know if they if they have to take any of my looks I feel bad (laughs) 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 so when it was just a few weeks after Luke passed away I was like so Haley and Hayden, the oldest two, they have their dad's eyes like brown, just like exactly like I'm talking to Haley and I start crying. She's like, What? I'm like, your eyes look like daddy. She's like, Do you want me to close them? <laughs> like, no. And it happens with Hayden, like, you know, he's almost 18 and he's looking more like his dad every day. And I he knew, looks a lot like him. Yeah. And I knew Luke at that age. <laughs> and so it's oh, so because we were in high school together. So it's yeah, I so forgot about that. Weird or sometimes. you know, I just didn't make the connection that yeah, like, he's so, that age now. I know. So it's kind of cool just that. I know. I know, right? <laughs> Thanks. Which friend? Sorry, said I had to call I can't you. I remember what friend said that. Chris. 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 I was like, I don't remember who said it. Thanks, Chris. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> He's probably dying laughing right now. Yes. Well, I'll share a little bit about like what's been going on. Then we'll dive yes, into the please. topic. Yeah, what have so you been up it's been to? an exciting couple weeks. So um sorry we were off for a week, but I was in Florida celebrating my birthday with my boyfriend. So happy birthday, Michelle. Thank you. 29. 29. Thank you. 29 again every year 29 and it was the most amazing I mean it was it was fantastic you know getting to be in Disney World which I'd never been to on my birthday with the man I love and just like is this my life (laughs) you know just like just reflecting I'll tell you where I was two years ago on my birthday uh Luke was two months away from passing away and we were mm. out to, I remember we went to lunch for my birthday and we're, we're just both bawling. Cause I'm like, this is my last birthday with you, mm. you know? And just that's knowing it's coming, which I know you get knowing yeah. it's coming and that feeling, I was explaining this to Joel on my birthday. He's like, I can't even imagine what that's like that feeling and knowing that person's dying mm-hmm. and just such a place of sadness and sorrow. And to now be two years later in a complete, like I'm literally in Disney world on my birthday you know, two years ago, of course, I could never picture. I didn't even want to ever date again after Luke. Like when you're so in it, you can't see it. Like you don't even want to think about that. And so just, just crazy, like how much God can heal and restore and like, you know, still love Luke, but love Joel. And that whole thing we talked about many times and just being in Disney world on my birthday, I was just like, so thankful and so grateful and we got to um, go to the beach and there were just like so many mm-hmm. great moments and just really when you're long distance, it's difficult. So whenever you get time together, it's like so precious to be mm-hmm. actually able to just quality time, not just the, the screen on your phone, but actually with someone. Yeah. Able to hold hands or whatever. Yeah. Yes. It's like so much better. So that was amazing. I also, I was in Florida for that. And originally the reason I was going was for a John Maxwell certification. So that was an amazing conference where I'm officially like certified in speaking, coaching, training, and I'm just really getting more nice. of like, um, just a vision for where I'm going. I have my first speaking event on Tuesday. So the day this comes out, I'll be having it that night. So excited about that. We have six speakers and it looks like about 30 people coming. So just an event in our area about not only surviving grief, but thriving through grief. I wrote my speech today. I'm so excited about it. So just like really taking this focus of where I want to go. And so the conference helped me with that. And then the other exciting thing is my nonprofit widow goals is officially started. So we are filed with the state of Washington. I'm like so excited. And so now 
<laughs> the next step is to start getting funding and then being able to service widows and be able to visit them. And yeah, so it's super exciting. Yeah, so I'll just throw this out there now. If anybody out there knows of like, if your church is like looking to like support any kind mm-hmm. of ministries or anything like that, um, think of, you know, Michelle's ministry that, you know, you can, your church can reach out and help other widows through this ministry. That's, yeah. Um, so if you're, if you know somebody who is able to help with funding or anything like that, or has any ideas um, that wants to help, like, please reach out and let us know. Yeah. Cause yeah. you know, I'll be asking my church when I get to know them a little bit, yeah. um, you know, if they're, you know, if they like sponsor outside ministries and things like mm-hmm. that, cause it, it is a good ministry um, yeah. and it'll help a lot of people. I'm so excited about it. Like, just to share the vision with all of you who are widows, like we have this vision of it, not only being in my area, you know, we're talking to Mark about, you know, his area and then like all over where it can be that there's, let's say there's a new widow and they find our services. And so it could be, we bring them a gift basket. We talk to them and then Mark came up with this amazing idea hello, like if they need like a handyman, like he could go fix things. Like how many of you would have loved that when you were a new widow or would love it now? Like, it's amazing, you know, so we could have, and the point is that I'm going to be able to, through the organization, pay widows to visit the new widows. Like, whoa, like, in pro, you know, provide employment for widows and widowers. And you guys know when I say widow, it means widower as well. And, and then like, let's say there's widowers and they need help with grocery shopping or making appointments or laundry or whatever. There's somebody there to help them. Like, this is so show them the ropes, like teach them and like fill in for the void that was left behind, you know? Yeah. And they don't have to come mow your lawn or fix your garbage disposal or whatever. (laughs) Exactly. And they don't have to pay anything because it'll be funded through organizations and grants and all of that stuff. So that's a big vision, you know, and as this gets more going, we may be talking to you more about that if you want to be part of it. Um, Yes. Well, you know, right now it's an idea, but we'll keep you updated of like, okay, now we're ready to expand. If you want to be part of it, you can contact us and we can really get that going. So anyways, widows helping widows. That's right. So let's, let's get into our topic today. This is called no room for guilt. I'm going to say that again. No room for guilt. Get out of here, guilt. Get it. I'm going to kick you. (laughs) Get it. So Mark, what does that mean to you? No room for guilt. Well, part of it is, uh, and it's funny, I've I've listened back to a couple of episodes that I realized that's how I start everything. I go, well, I guess you do. (laughs) That's okay. So I think um, part of it is that we have so much on our plates already that there is no room for guilt. You need to get rid of guilt and like, don't, don't let it in. Don't let yourself fill your head with crazy woulda, coulda, shoulda. Mm -hmm. We've all done it. Michelle Mm -hmm. and I used to, when we first met each other, we used to talk to each other about the woulda, coulda, shouldas. Uh Well, if I would have just done this, maybe this. And what if I would have just, you can't do that. Uh God knows the day, the hour, the minute that they are going home. And there is nothing you could have done to prevent it. And also, there's a lot of people that feel guilty that maybe their last conversation was an argument. But you have to ask yourself, did he or did she know that I loved them? Right. And if the answer is yes, then it doesn't matter that you, that you had an R. I mean, you were going to have, if that didn't happen, you were going to have 150,000 more fights or arguments or whatever. Like right. it doesn't matter that you were in the middle of a fight or, you know, whatever it might be. We have many more examples, but I want to give you a chance to, you know, talk about some of the examples, but, you know, basically just that you have so much on your plate dealing with the loss dealing with all the slack that you need to pick up all the new responsibilities, Mm -hmm. the new life that if you can get one of those things off your plate, like guilt, because guilt is a fabricated feeling that you're Mm -hmm. making up. True. Um, And, you know, I mean, I'm sure in certain circumstances I'm wrong and some people, you know, legitimately feel guilty. I can't think of a particular example, but I just don't want to like shun anybody who, who really feels guilt and feels like they should feel guilt. Then that's, that's a whole different conversation that you working on forgiving yourself. Mm -hmm. But um, for the most part, most of the things I hear are like, you know, 
well, just again, not to give any more examples right yet, but um, just they're not things that they're things that you're making up in your head mm -hmm. that are making you feel worse than you already feel, which is not a good recipe. So how about for you, Michelle? What is it? What do you think of? What does it mean to you? Yeah. So starting in the beginning, I had guilt, you know, because Luke suddenly passed away from a blood clot. And so the guilt was, what could I have done? You know, and I, even when the doctor called me and we talked about, she's like, there's nothing you could have done, <laughs> you know, like just that guilt and the guilt. And I, I know I talked about this on another episode, the guilt that I didn't kiss him goodbye. Like mm -hmm. after my kids kissed, you know, but he wasn't even there. It was his body. But I like, I like for a couple of days, I was like, oh my gosh, I didn't kiss him, you know, but he wasn't even there. He was gone. Mm -hmm. So I didn't even matter. But it's just the weird guilt. Like I was going through and like, I should have spent more time and like, just even guilt about, oh, I went on a trip when he was alive. I should have stayed with him. You know, just mm -hmm. all the stuff you go through your head, like, oh, I wish I would have spent more time or I wish I wouldn't have done this. It's like, you got to let go of that because it's not going to do any good for anyone. Guilt is just like this extra weight. It's not from God. Like, mm -hmm. there's a different, like, there's a whole different, that's a whole <clears throat> different subject about like conviction or whatever. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about guilt you put on yourself because you wish that you could have done something differently. Like, you can't go back. And so, the only thing that guilt and replaying those things over and over is just going to make you feel worse and worse and worse. You don't have time for that. Like, all of a sudden, you're a single parent, you got all these things. Like, you don't have time for that. Mm -hmm. So, that was one of the first things that I felt guilt about. And then, like, um, for me, like, then the thought of like dating that was kind of, and we've done episodes about dating, but that was definitely one where I started, you know, feeling guilt. Like the first time I had a conversation with a man, I was like, oh, this is weird. Like, I, cause I was, you know, almost married 17 years. And so it, it was that guilt, you know, but we've talked tons about that, but like letting go, you can still honor and love your late spouse and you can date somebody else. So that was a big one. Um, I felt guilt about selling the house that Luke and I bought together. Mm -hmm. That was, I remember that. Yeah. And so actually he bought the house. So before we got married, he bought the house and three months before we got married and let me live in it while he still um, lived with his parents in the basement. Like he did that to save money. He was so smart with money. And so I live there. So he actually bought it. So it was this whole thing. And like before he died, like a month before he's like, it's a great house. It's going to be a great forever home for you and the kids. And so I already knew in my head that someday I wanted to move, but you know, and so I had to let go of that guilt. He was like, this is going to be your forever home. But how I was able to be okay with that is like, well, it is because it, it provided the money, mm -hmm. you know, we, we had enough money to purchase another home. <laughs> and so let, letting go of that, I remember like signing the, you know, the title and crying and just like, I had to let go of that guilt. So moving, you know, just like, there's all these little things that come up, but you have to release it and like, just release the guilt of like what could have happened, what should have happened. And a lot of people have guilt about being happy. I don't feel like I ever really had guilt about being happy, but I know people have contacted me that they're like, I feel guilty because my husband died and I'm alive and I feel guilty mm -hmm. or, or survivor's guilt. That's a real mm -hmm. one too. Mm -hmm. Why am I here? And they're not. And I just feel like all of these things are like traps. Like there's no way to get out of it. Like, it's just, it's like, you're going to replay these things over and over and there's no solution except mm -hmm. for just letting go. And I know that's easier said than done, but it's like when you're holding on to it, you're just like crushing something and it's like, ugh. but when you release it, like, I feel like it prevents healing. So we're like holding on to something so tightly and like God can't get in there to those cracks and all of the stuff where it's broken because we have this guilt. that's just like covering us. If we can let go of that, he can come into those cracks and into those places and heal. But it, as long as we're holding on to the guilt, I don't think we can be fully healed. Hmm. You know, I think it's something that it's going to hold us back from being able to have a joyful life. And it's, I feel like it's one of the things the enemy uses like guilt, like yeah, I remember feeling guilty um, for laughing or for, mm. you know, when I would be with people, I, I remember having this feeling of like, I feel like they're going to wonder why I'm not more sad. Right. Because, you know, I was being eaten up inside. And of course, right. you know, as we know, grief comes in waves. Um, and, and for everything we had been through and how intense it was, the fact that I was even able to go out to somebody's house for dinner or something was like just this whole new experience for me. Um, mm -hmm. 
because things were so intense beforehand. And so I was excited about it, but then, yeah, I'd be over there and, and sometimes, you know, I just wasn't feeling it. I just didn't want to be out. I just wanted to be alone with my sadness, but sometimes I felt like having fun and then it would like haunt me that I'm like, are these people like thinking I didn't love her because I'm able to sit here and laugh and joke around like, you know, a month after she passed away or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, I just got to this point where I was like, they don't know. They're not right. in my shoes. They they can't possibly. And, and you know, it's kind of like you and I have talked about before. Well, what am I supposed to do? Just roll over and right. give up on life, you know? Like, I mean, I proved that I wished things were different, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, it's like, but there's so many things that people allow themselves to feel guilty about that you just don't need to because God is a God of love and grace. And Mm -hmm. so when you're feeling guilt, you have to know that what Michelle's saying is true, that that's not from God. Mm -hmm. God would never want you to feel guilty or to feel horrible about yourself or to feel like a bad person. Mm -hmm. And, you know, yeah, there, there's lots of guilt that comes with things. Um, You know, I, I honestly had guilt that I was like, how is it that me, the former drug addict, the mm. guy who's eaten garbage food his whole life until I was with Lacey, mm. who, whatever. I mean, the list goes on. I don't need to right. sit here and make myself look terrible. Um, but versus Lacey, who exercised, was healthy, grew up a very normal life, had loving, supporting parents. She always ate good meals. Like, you know, just all these lists of things, never did anything wrong. I mean, you know, I mean, she right. drank a couple times the whole time we were together, you know, a handful, probably 10 times that she had a drink, um, you know, never did any drugs, never did anything. So I had this guilt of like, why did she get right. it? And I didn't, mm-hmm. why am I still here? Like what you were saying, like, this doesn't make sense. It should have been her carrying on and raising the kids. And I went home to heaven that makes sense to me on paper. It would make sense to me. I wouldn't be happy about it. It would have made sense to me though, if I was the one who got cancer. Mm. Um, But it didn't make sense to me why she did. Mm -hmm. She was always out hiking and active and exercising and eating well and always pushing me to try new vegetables. And, (laughs) you know, it just didn't, uh, it didn't make sense to me. And I, I had guilt over that. And also I had guilt because I was like, Lacey has a family that loves her. Mm. Like, I don't know how to say this without sounding like I'm feeling sorry for myself, but like, just being real that like, I don't really have family. Like why, why couldn't the girl who had a lot of family that loved her, Uh like, why couldn't she have stayed? Like, it would have been so Mm. much easier for so many people to accept me going home, you know? And not saying I'm not loved or not cared about right. or anything like that, you know, but just, you know, she comes from this big, beautiful family and it would have just been, it would have just made more sense to me, I guess is, is what I'm saying, you know, but I don't know the reason and I can't know the reason. And so I've decided I'm not going to feel guilty about that. Cause it wasn't like I chose, it's not like somebody put a right. gun to my head and they said right. you were her. And right. I said her, I would have chose me, you know? Right. Um, so anyways, yeah, but you know, there's, there's very real things that we can feel guilt about that are, but you have to tell yourself. And I had to go through a phase of telling myself like, no, this wasn't my choice. So I can't beat myself up about it. Mm-hmm. That doesn't make any sense, you know? Um, so I'm sure you can relate to that on some degree, not necessarily about the who got cancer, but just as far mm-hmm. as the, the guilt of like, you know, surviving, so right. to speak, you know? Right. And I was going to ask you, but you kind of answer that, like, how did you get through it? Was it just a matter of like talking? Like you said, you just had to say to yourself, no, like. Good question. Yeah. Uh, it kind of, it kind of was this feeling that came over me of like, I realized that it was coming from me thinking what other people might think. Mm, mm-hmm. um, and I kind of just decided that, yeah, it literally was like a decision. And so I'm sure it was with God's grace that I was able to do it. But yes, it was a very specific decision to not feel guilty about it because it wasn't, there's nothing for me to feel guilty about because it wasn't my choice. It wasn't something I decided or Mm -hmm. that I steered her towards or, um, you know, 
Like I, okay, here's an example of somebody that I would understand them feeling guilty. I just thought of it right now. If somebody was a drug addict, let's say a husband was a drug addict and his wife had never done anything and he convinced her to try heroin and she died from it. Like, Mm, yeah, that would be a hard thing not to feel guilty (laughs) about and feel like it was your fault. And Mm -hmm. so, yeah, there is a, you know, just reflecting back to what I was saying earlier when I said, I can't really think of a specific, that's an example where you would have to work on forgiving yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's a, that's, that's a hard thing to do, you know, but it doesn't mean it's not possible. It doesn't mean God can't deliver you from that. Right. Um, But you know, that, that would be very difficult. Um, But I wasn't in that boat, so I can't let myself feel guilty. I, I stood by her side and loved her and supported her and um, cherished her every day of our marriage. And so mm-hmm. I know that like, I, I tried my best to fix that situation. It, you know, did we make mistakes along the way? Sure. Mm-hmm. But um, I know my heart was all about her and supporting her and what I thought was best for her at every moment. You know, I prayed about everything. Um, she prayed about everything. So I'm like, I can't feel, you know, cause for us, like I've told you about one of the things that I really struggled feeling, I wouldn't even say feeling guilty, but just wondering the what ifs is she was terrified of chemo. She didn't do oh, chemo. Mm-hmm. She went with a natural holistic right. route. And even though the chances of her surviving chemo and the chemo they wanted her to do and all this stuff was really intense and low probability rates and things like that. Um, but you can't help but wonder what if, what if I convinced her to do chemo? Mm, right. Cause I think I could have, I, I don't know, right. honestly, I don't know. Lacey, when she had her mind made up, yeah. she was, she had her mind made up, you know? Yeah. Uh, there was actually one time where I, I did tell her what about chemo because she wasn't able to do, um, she was having issues throwing up and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Um, and I kind of suggested what about chemotherapy and she was like mad at me for even bringing it up Mm. so but there were there were other times where she wanted to do it and you were you know she was like considering doing it or whatever I don't remember the exact situation but where I was kind of I was the one telling her like no like this is working this is working look at your pet scans like right you're getting rid of the cancer like you're still rolling the dice with chemo and it did get to the point where she got um, healed enough, if you will, enough of the tumors went away that they actually changed the chemo that they recommended for her. They wow. went to a more mild chemo. And so that was a thing at that point that we were considering like, well, this isn't the one with like the almost guaranteed death sentence anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe we should consider it. And so anyways, the whole point, I'm sorry, but the whole point of that was that like, of course you wrestle with the like, well, what if, well, what if, but again it comes down to god knew the day god knew the hour god exactly knew the that she was going to pass no matter what i did that was when she was going to yep. go home and god already knew that yeah and so you know there is no what ifs because no august 13th 2020 at about one o'clock in the afternoon or whatever it was that was when god called her home right and so anyways yeah so yes it is hard to um not feel guilty sometimes, but you can't, you have to just remember that there's, those are not feelings from God. And that was their time as hard as it is. Anyways, sorry, that was a huge chunk of my time. (laughs) It was good. Uh, Just curious when you said the 13th and I thought about to the day we're recording is the 13th and how, when we first met, that was like a big deal. Like on the days we'd be like, Oh, Mm -hmm. it's exactly a month. Now it's two months or we we met a little bit after that, but like, it was like the day was a big deal. And like, for me, I would go visit the grave every 23rd and it was like a big deal. And now it can pass. And I'm like, Oh yeah. I was wondering Mm -hmm. what it's like for you. Is it still like a thing you think no, of every 13? I mean, it's it... been what a year and seven months now. Let's see, September, right. October, November, December, January, February, March. Yeah, a year and seven months now. So no, I don't. I mean, every now and then I think of it, but no, I don't like think about it every 13th and go, yeah. well, I mean, of course I'll think about it on the one year. Honestly, I didn't even notice that a year and a half had passed. Right. Like when I just did it right now, I'm like, oh, oh, it's a year and seven months. Not right. even, I thought it's... it would be a year and six months. Um. So, no, I mean, it's kind of, it kind of doesn't matter, you know, it's like she's gone and it doesn't matter how long it's been. 
because mm-hmm. um, I'm just working on. And also because one of our listeners who I speak with, you know, semi-regularly, mm-hmm. um, real nice girl, um, she, her one year is coming up. Mm. And uh, so she was talking to me about it and asking me about how it was and stuff like that. Yeah. And I told her the truth. I said, honestly, it was it was harder for me leading up to it than the mm. actual day. The actual day was like, okay, like this is what I was like. So having such a hard time anticipating it was mm-hmm. coming, you know, I'm like, there's, you know, just like any other day, she's still gone, mm-hmm. you know, but you know what I remember about, um, because I reached the one year mark before you. And I remember mm-hmm. we talked on the phone that day and you were like, congratulations, you made it a year. Like mm-hmm. you made it through all the first. So maybe that'll help our listeners. Like kind of, if you haven't hit the year mark or you have, you can already say like, congratulations, I made it through all the first. If I did that, I can do anything. And yeah. so that was, that was big to me and like a huge encouragement to me. And then I remember I did the same thing for you when it was your year, like, congratulations, you made it a year. It's like, we did mm-hmm. it. Like we yeah. did this first year and being able to just look at how far we've come. Like, cause I remember somebody recently had said something about the year coming up or it just happened. And then I was like, congratulations, like you did it, you know? And so mm-hmm. anyways, that's kind of off this subject, but just hopefully no, that will real, though. help listeners too. It's like, you made it like celebrate that you did it. And Mark and I, in our opinion, think that your first year is the hardest and the second is not, but some people have a different opinion, but that's what we think. So just from our experience, like congratulations that you made it and like not looking at the year mark as something to dread, but like, whoa, I did it. Mm -hmm. And everybody does it differently. I know for you, it was a lot more low key. And like, for me, I had everybody over, we did balloons with messages. We had his last meal, which was grilled cheese. We watched a video, but that's how I wanted to do it. I don't see it like, like that, you know, again, but I mean, I always acknowledge it, but I don't think I'm gonna do like a party thing every year. So everyone's different and there's no right or wrong way. Like, however, no. if you just want the day to go by and you don't want to think about it, that's okay. If you want to remember, you know, whatever, it's great yeah. um, that you can do it however you want. And then going back to no room for guilt. I mean, it really is when you're sitting in guilt, you're only holding yourself back from Mm -hmm. the future that God wants for you, because he wants to give us life and life abundantly Mm. and to not be, and that's actually, let me see if I can find it real quick. That's the verse, um, for my nonprofit is that God, I'm going to find the exact verse, but Jesus wants to give us life and give us life abundantly. Like we weren't put on this earth to just like, all these things are going to happen. And we're just going to survive until we go to heaven. Like we were made to thrive. We were made to take these things that have been so painful and turn it into something good. Like Mm -hmm. that's how I know you and I both feel like if we had to go through this, that's why we started this ministry. This podcast is like, we want to help other people. And so if you're stuck in that guilt, you're not going to be able to give, you're going to be stuck in that place. And so God wants us, and I'll put that um, exact verse in the show notes, but to have life and to live life abundantly and to thrive. And so if you're sitting in that guilt, you're really not helping you. You're, you're preventing yourself from being able to help other people. Mm-hmm. Like, like, for example, if Mark and I had stayed in that place with, in our grief and the guilt, and we would have been paralyzed from being able to do this podcast, which we know is helping other people. Yeah. And, you know what I love? Like it's, they talked about this at my John Maxwell training about like a domino effect. Like let's say we, we weren't able to get past it. We didn't do this podcast. Well, then we wouldn't have helped someone else who's listening, who we know has helped someone else who's helping someone else. Like it's huge, the domino effect. And so think about that for yourself. If you stay in that guilt and you don't move forward. Now, remember we we move forward, not moving on. Wait, did I say it right? Wait, moving move forward. Yes, not moving no, yeah, that's on, yeah. it. So we move forward. We never move on from ourselves. We will always love them, but you're going to be stuck in that place of not being able to move forward if you stay stuck in your guilt. And so finding ways to get past that, even silly illustration, but it works. Like whatever you feel guilty about, write it on a piece of paper and burn it. Like yeah, something physical or so, cross it off. Or cross it off. Oh, no. like burning. <laughs> Burning's fun. Rip it up, like whatever to illustrate that it's gone, you know? And yeah, yeah. I, I, I would highly recommend that to you because the guilt is going to hurt you and it's going to stop you from your purpose in life. And, and I looked it up for you. It's oh, John 10, you. 10. Thank I have come me. that you might have life and have it more abundantly. 
Mm -hmm. Yep, that's it. And also I'll put the link in the show notes. There's a song that I've chosen as my um, song for my, um, what's it called? Theme songs. <laughs> Theme, mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if people choose thong, songs, but I'll tell you how it came to me. Like I was driving and a song came, I was talking, thinking about how we're made to thrive and all this. And there's a song called Thrive by Casting Crowns that came on. Mm. And it's basically the chorus is like, we were made to thrive more than just survive. Mm. We were made to thrive. And it's like, that's what I want you guys to get today. Like I know in the beginning it is just survival, but that's not where you're going to stay. Like you're going to, you're going to get past that mm -hmm. and you're going to be able to, yeah, there is a survival mode, but that's not where we were meant to stay. We were meant to like get back up again. Definitely. Definitely. Um, you know, and it's like, I talked about with you about possibly doing an episode about this, but, um, I just, I just, it's on my heart to like encourage people that whatever you're going through, there are seasons of life mm. and you're in a season and some seasons last longer than others, but no matter what, you're going through it's a season yeah because you have to remember that like yeah while your world feels upside down right now like it won't feel the same in two years and it definitely won't feel the same in four years and compared to eternity four or five years that's a blip of time that's nothing right compared to eternity and so god knows stuff that we don't Yep. Of course. And so I just want to encourage you that like, no matter how dark it is right now, it's still, you're in a season. I mean, it, all of us can, you know, most all of us are old enough. I know there's a few that are younger um, per the things I can see in the, um, you know, audience or whatever, mm -hmm. but um, most all of us have completed high school and mm -hmm. um, you know, you remember when a girl or a guy broke your heart and you thought yep. your world was over. Like, True. do you care now? Like, now, don't no. get me wrong. That doesn't apply if your <laughs> husband was your right. high school sweetheart. Right, right, but you right. know what I mean? Most most people, that's not the case. Mm -hmm. So I remember, you know, a girl from high school age uh, cheated on me. And like, my mm -hmm. world was over. Mm -hmm. I was like, mm -hmm. my life is over. And now I'm like, I don't even care. Like, I'm so glad that happened. You know, and right? obviously not that we will feel I'm glad that happened with right. this. Right, right, right. But it was a season. And I just want to remind you that I know it's difficult for a lot of people. And we had a really hard to hear message from somebody that, you know, was having a very difficult time and maybe didn't want to go on in life. And so I just want to encourage you that if you are, you know, having a hard time with this, just please remind yourself that you just got to get through this hour by hour and day by day mm -hmm. because it's a season. And as winter comes and there's blizzards and storms, you know that the summer is coming eventually and the snow will all be gone. And the spring obviously is first, but you know what I mean? Um, mm -hmm. That the snow will be gone. The storm will be gone. All those people that were in Texas when it froze over and like everybody lost their power and gas. And, um, you know, it was a very, it was a very tough event, you know, but the season passed. And I just drove through Texas and there wasn't any <laughs> snow in sight. Um, and so I just, I just felt encouraged to remind people of that, that on top of like the guilt stuff we're talking about to just please remind yourself that while it's hard, it's a season and you will get through it mm -hmm. and to just keep going at it one day at a time, one That's hour, right. one cry at a time, you get your tears out there, you cry, you do it. And then it, it helps you. You get a little bit easier, a little bit less tears. Yep. And just know that as time passes, this will get easier. We want mm -hmm. to encourage you in that. Michelle and I can't stress that enough, that it gets better. Yes. And I was actually talking to a new widow today. And I said, you know, it's like this. And I know I said this before, but I'll repeat it. Um, losing someone is like an amputation. Like part of your body is gone. You will always miss it. Or miss him or her but you'll learn to live without them mm -hmm. and so you you adapt and but you'll yes. always miss them it's like part of you will always be gone even if you get remarried you're still gonna have part of you that's always gone and so i think that's a great way to look at it and luke was actually an amputee so it's very easy for me to like picture this and know what that looks like um but it's true you're not gonna always that's what i was trying to explain to her like your pain is going to get less intense 
Like mm-hmm. I know it, it's crazy intense, you know, and every time she would talk to me, she'd get teary. And I remember that. I remember that first yep. month, just yep. like you couldn't talk about anything without getting teary. No, it and was your, it was your world. Yeah. It, it I mean, was, I remember it was like your absolute world crying every day. Literally. I remember like the first time I got through a day and I was like, I didn't like, maybe it was a couple months in, I don't know. Like, Whoa, I didn't cry today. Weird. Mm. <laughs> You know, nice. and then it got less and less often. Now I still cry here and there, but not not so much grief cry. You know, just I'm an emotional Crying girl. Crying for cry. the kids or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, I have my moments. I have my moments too. Um, mm-hmm. It got you know, it causes me tears sometimes when I think about it. Um, but it's it's like you said, it's it's not as intense. Mm-hmm. It doesn't consume you. It's it's not the like, oh my gosh, I can't believe this is my life you know, like, right. because uh, I listen to pastor Greg Laurie a lot. Mm-hmm. He's a real big pastor in Southern California. And um, I used to listen to him a lot more, but he lost his son um, mm. tragically in a car accident. And um, I, I remember something he said that always stuck with me is he said, he, he talked about things not to ask those that are grieving. Mm. And one of the things he said, don't ever ask is, so are you over it yet? Oh my gosh. Yeah. And he's all because you never get over it ever. You mm-hmm. learn to live with it. Yeah. And there is a lot to be said about that. You learn right. to live with it. And in learning to live with it, you also automatically learn to accept it. Yeah. And that is where you're, I mean, aside from it obviously coming from God, but like earthly, that is where your healing comes from, is the true ability to be able to accept it. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so kind of random, but grief moments, it reminded me. So I had a grief moment I was not prepared for. We walk into Disney World and it looks so much like Disneyland mm-hmm. that it brought me back to we were able to take that one of like Luke's last wishes. We got this free trip to Disneyland and I was just flashback. I felt like I was there and I'm remembering Luke with the scooter and just the pain he was mm-hmm. in. And then like walking through the gates and like, Joel's like, are you okay? I'm like, yeah, I'm just having a grief moment. He's very good at like respecting that. And like, do you want to talk about it? And like, that's awesome. Yeah. It's really awesome. And I'm like, good job, Joel. If you're listening, that's awesome. Yes. He always listens. So like, just, I I was not expecting it. Like those moments can come. And it was like, I was brought back to being there. It wasn't, it wasn't even the same place, but it looked so much like that. And just remembering that trip and the, the good moments, the bad moments, how much pain Luke was in, like all of it just came rushing back. And then, you know, I was quiet for a little bit and, and Joel was very sensitive, but then he was like, I feel like you're shutting me out a little bit. And I'm like, I'm sorry. Like, you know, I can, but he's like, whatever you want. But he was very like sensitive to that. Cause sometimes you can feel yourself retreating and just like, you're in the memory and like, mm-hmm. how do I deal with this? So I was able to just kind of talk through it with him, but just, yeah, brief moments can happen anytime. <laughs> You know, and also there was probably a part of you, I would imagine, that didn't want to be having the the grief in that moment because right. you were there with a very special man to you. And, yeah. you know, you didn't want to, so to speak, ruin it with your grief moment or what, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. so I'm sure that it was part of you that was not necessarily shutting him out, but just not wanting it to be so. Right. Um, and, and so, it, yeah, I don't know. But just... that's cool. I'm really... That's really cool that he's that um, intuitive and sensitive to to be that way, having not gone through it before. Exactly. And, and, you know, I know that he, you know, of course, he's he's a grown man. He's been through things in life, of course. Right. But, you know, there is something unique about going through being widowed. But the fact that he is so good Mm -hmm. at figuring out your needs and mm-hmm. being sensitive to your needs. It's really impressive. It's um, it, not a lot of people have that skill set to be so understanding. And it just shows like his heart for Christ. Mm-hmm. And I just love that. Right. So shout out, Joel. Good shout job, out man. To Joel. I can't say dude anymore. I'm not from California, but I want to say good job, dude. <laughs> you can still say it. So he also later on in the day was like, how are you doing? I'm like, good. He's like, with, with your grief, are you doing okay? I'm like, wow. Yeah. Like I forgot about it. Like, thanks. Like that's yeah, amazing. Very, very, very sensitive to anything about Luke and my grief and all of that. So everybody give it up for Joel. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Shout that's out. That's super cool. Which is another point. 
like do not date someone i've said it before but i gotta like reiterate this do not date someone who's not okay with you talking about your late spouse with you having grief like they need to know i mean i feel like recently somebody sent me a message and yeah talking about oh yeah like their person like really doesn't like them talking about their i mean just yeah stuff like that like doesn't like them talking about their late spouse and how do i deal with this and Mm -hmm. you know all of that so well i i get that i understand how somebody who's never been through it would feel that way but like yeah for me that would be like well sorry yeah that's that's my kid's mom that was exactly she was half of my life almost like yeah and if you don't want to hear about her then you're not going to know me you know right yeah. And so it, if you don't want to know me, if you want me to like tiptoe around the most important part of my life to date, then yeah. like you're not worth my time, you know? Right. And it is, and, um, go ahead. No, no. I was just going to say, and if they're, um, if they have jealousies or anything, like that is going to be a huge red flag to me. Yeah. Like there's no reason to ever. Right. feel jealous over my spouse who's in heaven and if exactly. they do feel that way it's just going to be like a really insecure person that mm-hmm. I don't want to be with anyways you know right what I was going to say is it is uh, an interesting combination when one of you is widowed and one of you is divorced mm-hmm. um, and so it is different like it's okay for me to have pictures of you know uh, of, mm. of Luke but it would not be okay the other you know what I'm saying like there's there's just little little things that it's different I mean I to- suppose though if he still wanted to have pictures of her in his kids rooms or oh yeah that's still of course. Mommy, you know yeah, yeah, yeah of course but, but I see what you're saying it would be different like yeah, wedding me, pictures like, like yeah yeah <laughs> but you know to, to be honest like I mean, I will always keep those and, and treasure them, but I'm, but I'm wondering if, I mean, just to be honest, just to put it out there, there's my own personal thing, but we try to be very open with people and transparent, but like, I'm going through this wondering if I want to put my wedding pictures back up on the wall. I know I didn't. Really? No. And it's not, it's nothing to do with no, of course, like loving her any less, but it's just like, am that's I not where I'm at? Yeah. Am, is that healthy for me to do that? It's right. kind of more of the thought so process. What I noticed, is I like, want pictures of her up yes. for the sake of my kids, of course. And for me to remember, but you know, the wedding photos, I was just like, I don't know. Like, yeah. this is, I don't know if this is healthy for me. It's like, I'm holding on to something yes. that can't be anymore, you know? So I felt like I almost at one point had a shrine to Luke and I was like, this is too much in my old house. And when I moved, I only put a fraction of the pictures back up. And then I did not, our big main, it was in our living room with all signatures, like at our wedding. I did not, it's in our garage. I did not put it back up and not Mm. because I don't love him. I just was like, it's kind of what you're feeling. Like, this isn't where I'm at anymore, but I have Mm. other pictures of him up, but definitely less. And then mm. like, I have pictures of Joel in my room, like in frames, but I haven't yet like put them out in the house. Like, I don't know what kids mm-hmm. are going to feel about that yet, but like, yeah, it's interesting. And that does not mean that we love our spouses any less that we don't have our wedding pictures up. I mean, I do have some in my room wedding pictures, but yeah, yeah. I didn't, I mean, the there's just certain, certain things like, so on our wedding day, um, a friend of mine who's an artist, she drew us this beautiful picture on a beach in an ocean mm. with a sailboat and it said Mark and Lacey you know April 26 2008 um and I've always had that framed and hung on my walls yeah and I'm like do I hang that anymore right I don't I think I do you right. know it's what you feel and, uh, there's it's like I want to still have pictures of her on the wall because I don't want to ever forget and I won't ever forget but you know what I mean but like yeah it was just kind of like the wedding photos, the ones that the kids don't really have any attachment to. I feel like those need to go in a photo album um, mm-hmm. or, or just, you know, still in the frame, but like put away kind of a thing. And, um, and it's just because I'm just not there anymore because I can't be there anymore. Exactly. I can't be in that point in life anymore. And I want to be, I still want to be married to her with all my heart. Right. But, you know, I don't know, it feels like it's kind of, it'd be kind of unhealthy for me to make the choice to rehang every photo and every memorabilia I had in my old house 
um, you know, I don't know. It's just something I hadn't really thought about till right, right now as I'm like starting to hang pictures. Because yep. I was like, wait, do I put these back up? Is this like weird? Is this, am I being obsessive? Am I trying to, you know, am I trying to prolong healing? You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, by, I don't know. I don't know. I just find it, it was just interesting. I never thought about it. I mean, I've carefully packaged every frame. Yeah. Anticipating that I was just going right. to hang them on the other end. Yeah. And now I'm here and I'm starting to hang pictures and I'm like, I don't know. Right. I don't know what I do yet, you know, but, um, you know, for the sake of the kids, of course, and yeah. for, for me to see them also, I enjoy seeing their pictures. Yeah. So there's certain ones that I'm just absolutely in love with and they're not going anywhere. Um, one of, one of them is from our wedding, um, mm-hmm. that I just, I love the picture. It's just, she's, I'm looking at the pastor as he's marrying us and mm-hmm. she's just gazing at me and mm-hmm. I love it. It's like my favorite picture in the whole world. And, um, so that's not going anywhere, but I'm just saying like, you know, I have this big framed thing that has multiple photos from our wedding. Right. And I'm like, that just doesn't feel right to put up anymore. You know, yeah, it's a personal, decision. So it is a person. That's what I was just going to say. It's a personal choice. And I have to make the decision for me, not for my kids, not for, right. you know, anybody else, what anybody else might think, but just that I know my heart, I know yeah. how much I adore her doesn't mean because I don't hang her pictures it's because I'm right. seeking healing you know exactly yep that's good so good. um yeah well, do you have anything else to say about nope. uh no room for guilt no I just wanted to say in regards to um seasons change mm-hmm. that it's been so long since I found you yet it seems like yesterday oh my gosh. seasons you know you sent me that song song and I was like what is this I started playing I was talking to Joel I'm like I don't even know what this song is some song yeah I know (laughs) like an 80s song listen at like the 140 mark oh you'd recognize the song if you heard okay I just listened to the first few like seconds I'm like I don't even know yeah no (laughs) sacrifice tomorrow just to have you here today no doesn't ring any bell no I know somebody out there gets it Okay. I know my, my, uh, our our listener that messages me and tells me she gets all my references. (laughs) I'm hoping I'll get a message from her that, cause she said she's gotten every single one so far. Nice. Um, so I'm like, that's cool. More than me. (laughs) No, I just, I'm such a dork that I was like, I haven't even sang a song this episode. And after, after we did the, uh, episode with Dwayne, I felt oh, yeah. so stupid singing ever again. That guy has the greatest voice. Oh yeah, that's right. Remember I he was saying uh-huh. that, uh, was it a- Shout out to Dwayne. It was yeah, something, shout uh... out to Dwayne. I like that guy. It, was, it wasn't an Elvis Presley song. Oh my gosh, I normally- It was, was like it a- Was it Elvis Presley? I don't know. I think it was Elvis Presley. He said his wife loved Elvis Presley. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that song was Elvis Presley, but I hadn't heard it before. But anyways- Hey, Dwayne, how are you? That's all. No, but um, I, I would just like to um, pray unless you have something yeah, nope, else you ahead. want to add. Okay. Lord, I thank you so much for me personally. I thank you for this move. And I just want to publicly thank you for what you've done in my life. Um, you're such a gracious and loving God. Mm-hmm. And Lord, I want to pray specifically over Michelle's ministry, which, you know, will lead to our ministry, but Mm -hmm. just right now for this event that she has on Tuesday, um, and that she would find uh, funding for her nonprofit and that you would just bless this ministry tremendously with, with what you want to do with it. And we pray that you would use it as a vehicle to bring people to the Lord. And um, so I just pray that you would place your hand in that ministry and bless it and Lord, I pray for anybody who's in a difficult season of life right now. I know we're all in a difficult season, but I pray just for anybody who's just getting rained on right now, who's under that thunder cloud, that you would just give them a feeling of the cloud passing over and that you would allow the cloud to pass over and let their moments become fewer and less between. And Lord, I just, um, I pray for anybody feeling guilty that you Mm -hmm. would lift that that you would take that away and that you would show them that they don't need to feel guilty, that it's something that they're creating themselves. And I pray that you would show them that and just give them the strength to say, no, I'm not going to feel that I'm not going to allow myself to feel this. And um, 
you know, Lord, I, and I, I pray, like, I always pray privately, but I pray publicly, Lord, that you would, you would give us words that we, we're dealing with sensitive topics. And I pray mm-hmm. that you would give us the ability to never hurt anybody. That's never our, our intention, of course. And we just kind of talk, we don't have a script. And so I pray that you would give us words to not, you know, hurt anybody who's already going through a hard time and that you would um, allow them to show us grace if we ever do. And I pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, if you liked this episode, we'd love it if you give it a little bing, five stars. And actually, I thought about adding this. If you're not subscribed, make sure that you push subscribe because then if you don't know, then the podcast episodes go directly to your phone every time that we put them out. So you don't even have to worry about, did I miss an episode and going back? Um, We'd love it if you do that as well. If you would like to be a podcast guest or just want to contact us, you can email us at widowedtosoonm at gmail.com, as well as you can find us on Instagram and Facebook, all the places, anywhere else. I'm Follow us. Follow us. um, YouTube channel. We don't have a lot there, but we're going to add some more. And I feel like there's some other place they can find. Oh, TikTok, Widow Goals. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's really entertaining. Email us. E- Where does that email? Did you? I, I think sorry. I, that was like the I'm first spacing one. Out. Yeah, you're spacing. Did you? Oh, Maybe because it's, it's late there. Because <laughs> Yeah, when I hear my see... kids making a ruckus in the background and yeah, I'm just tripping because I just cleaned their room today. Oh. Like got it like organized, you know, for the yeah. first time. Yes. But anyways, okay. I think that's all the stuff. (laughs) But this was good. I think think this is great. You know, let go of the guilt, people. Let it go. Let Let it go. go. I knew it. Oh, there we go. We sang in unison. So beautifully. (laughs) All right. Well, we will see you again next time and have a fabulous week. Peace out, G's. G's, peace. Okay. (laughs)